Um, I know why you're here, so many of you. Uh, it's because you heard that my sermon was going to be short. <laughs> I'm wise to you. Uh, but it is. It is going to be short. Um, not real short, but short. Uh, we're real short. But um, to show you um, what a significant day that I, I think this is, I, um, I normally ask you to grab your Bibles and follow along with me as I, um, as I read from a book that we consider to be inerrant, infallible. Uh, this, is, this is a book uh, that contains no errors, uh, and we teach it around here just like that. And normally I, I say at this point, grab your Bibles and, and follow uh, as I read the text for the morning. But because it is such a significant morning, I decided that I was going to memorize my text. Mm-hmm. This old dude is going to uh, is going to memorize this text, and I'm very nervous about it. Very nervous. Uh, and it's not up there on the screen, so uh, I'm I'm going to memorize it. I'm so here's my text for the morning. Thanks be unto God for his inexpressible gift. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. That's my text, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's a statement that is made by the Apostle Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians 9. It, um, if you know anything about 2 Corinthians, uh, chapters 8 and 9 in 2 Corinthians are devoted to Paul's treatment of the whole subject of giving. Giving. Um, and his point in that section um, of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, his point is that our giving, our financial giving... Uh, is supposed to be in some ways, it, it's, it's supposed to in some ways imitate, uh, mimic God's giving. And so he again and again, it's, it's a genius treatment um, that he uses if you're ever interested. But he is appealing to the Corinthian church um, to imitate God's giving. Now, guys, relax. Uh, This is not going to be a sermon about tithing. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great, coming to church on Christmas morning and having somebody preach to you about tithing? Would that not be insensitive? Um, And I'm not going to do that. In fact, uh, the furthest thing from it. Um, But if you'll... One of the reasons I love this book so is because it's written by... It's not written by angels. It's written by men. Uh, men inspired um, in, in a very unique kind of way, and we can talk about that a little another time, but um, you see things like this, like this text, that happen in the Scriptures. And here's, here's what happens, if I can reconstruct it for you. Um, the Corinthian church is a problematic church. It's, they're doing all kinds of things bad. And he, uh, he writes, actually he writes three letters, but only two of them are contained in the New Testament. But he's, he's writing, particularly in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to correct them. All kinds of excesses in Corinth. 
that he's trying to correct with his letters. And then he comes to 2 Corinthians, or the second time he writes, actually I think it's the third time, there's one in between that, that is not in here. Um, but he writes the second time, and um, he, the first part, he's talking about a problem, another problem that exists in the Corinthian church. Oh, it's ugly. It's very ugly. I, and I'm not going to tell you about it. I mean, it's in there. But um, it's how they're dealing with a man who, is, who has been caught red-handed in some pretty serious sin. But then towards the end of the book, we come to chapters 8 and 9, and um, he, he raises this subject of giving. And he spends two chapters. I mean, of course, it's not chapters in his letter, but, um, but we would call them chapters. He, he, he's, he, he has these two chapters on giving, and then in the midst of it, as he is writing a to a bunch of Christians there in Corinth about their giving. It's like he pauses and remembers what he's writing. And then in the midst of this grand treatment of the subject of giving, there is this this verbal paroxysm. It's an outburst. It's... um, it's, it's like he is, um, I, I mean, what I would almost call him mindless, but, but that, that, that is certainly not, it's certainly anything but mindless, but it's an eruption. He's talking to them about giving, and he's, things are going through his mind, and he, and he all of a sudden, he says, thanks be unto God for, the inex- for his inexpressible gift. He's in the midst of instructing us about giving, and and he's overtaken. He's overwhelmed by his point. As I said, he's our giving is supposed to mimic God's, and then he thinks about God's, and he says, "Thanks be unto God." He's trying to describe God's gift. He's trying to describe that gift to us in Christ. And and he can't think of the right word. Actually, I think it's a combination of three Greek words. The English word is inexpressible. In the NIV, in the New King James, the word is indescribable. And then in the, K, the King James Version, the word is unspeakable. You get all these translations, they come to the same Greek word and they don't know how to translate it rightly. And so they too are, are grasping for words. Um, and so they come up with inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable. Because you see, remember, when Paul writes this, it's like human language has failed him. He thinks of the gift of God to him, and he ultimately cannot come up with a word. And so he creates one. And the word is so complex that the English translators don't know what word to use. 
inexpressible, you know, indescribable, uh, uh, unspeakable. Um, Paul, this, this skilled orator, comes to a moment in his letter where his vocabulary fails him. He, in essence, is tongue-tied. And, and he says, God's gift to us in Christ is, um, um, it's, um, um, it's just inexpressible. <laughs> I don't have a word for it. Charles Spurgeon tells a story about a, a, an artist that was uh, commissioned to paint the portrait of a particularly lovely woman. And so he arranged for the first sitting, and she came in, and, and um, he began to paint her. And, and at some point in the, in the process, he became so frustrated that he stopped. And he said, we'll have to schedule again. So he um, scheduled her again and uh, started the painting all over. And um, at about the same point, he stopped again. And um, they said, we're going to have to reschedule. And so he scheduled her a third time. So she comes in and she sits down and he begins the painting all over again. And at some point in his effort, he takes his brush and he throws it at the canvas and he says, I can't do it. I just can't get it right. I, 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 I can't capture that, that expression in her lovely face. That's what the Apostle Paul is feeling. I'm trying to describe something that dead gummit is just indescribable. You know, guys, there's a lot of things, a lot of adjectives that we could use to describe our giving. <laughs> lots of lots of vocabulary words that we have that could describe our giving, but not God's. You see, when Paul is trying to write to an audience in Corinth and tell them about how they're supposed to give, and then he says, I want you to imitate God's, and he starts thinking, well, what is God's like? <laughs> I, 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 I don't have a word. I, I mean, I can, I can describe my giving, but I cannot describe his. It's... It's indescribable because, you see, he let go of his only begotten beloved son and sent him to us. You know, um, I hope you're not offended at what I'm about to say, but it's, it's, it is apropos, I think, at least in some twisted and perverted kind of way. Um, 
He let go of him and threw him to the dogs. He let go of his son and, and sent him to us. And so when, when Paul is writing this portion of his letter and he's talking about giving, and he's saying, okay, now folks, there in Corinth, I want your giving to mimic his. And then he starts thinking about his giving and he, and he thinks, my goodness, <clears throat> I, am, I am forgiven of my sin. Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? And, and, and I've been justified in the courtrooms of heaven? Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? I, I have become a child of God. Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? <laughs> I'm in union with Christ. Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? I, I'm, I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm going to spend an eternity in his presence. Did I earn that? Do I deserve it? And then he comes to this statement. Thanks be unto God for his... Um, uh, I mean, all of that that I have, did I... How did I get it? I got it by way of gift. And so thanks be unto God for his... Um, 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 inexpressible. I don't have a word to describe it. And neither do I. God's the great word out there in the world, when you return to work, maybe tomorrow, the great word out there is merit. The word in here, the word is gift. The gospel is founded upon giving. You know, buying and selling, those things are unknown inside the gospel. Payment, earning, that's for the law. Under the gospel, everything is gift. 
Everything is free. There is only one way to have Jesus Christ, and that is by way of gift. And oh, my friends, may I not stutter when I ask you, have you received that gift? Have you received the gift of eternal life? You know, um, there are two things that go into making a gift. First of all, there's got to be somebody that gives it. And secondly, there's got to be somebody to receive it. And the poorest man on the face of this planet, though he doesn't deserve it, can still receive it. Just like us. My friends, if you won't have Jesus Christ by way of gift, you will never have him. But may I say this to you as I close? After 2,000 years, the gift of God to us in Christ is still um, um, inexpressible. Let's pray together. Father, indeed, um, we are called to mimic your gift, but we'll never make it. We're, we're called to, um, to imitate your giving, and yet there's no way. We can give, we can give a lot, but it'll never match the gift that you have given to us. Um, It's, um, it's a gift that's inexpressible. And so all we can do today as people of God is thank you. We thank you very much for the gift that you have given to us in Christ Jesus the Lord. So all of those cufflinks and all of those new technological gadgets that sit under our tree, as wonderful as they are and as thrilling as they may have been, nothing will ever compare to the gift that you have given us in Christ. Might every man, woman, boy, and child in this room know that gift. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.